I still am a big believer um, in the idea that people do business with people at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's going to be a lot of great technologies out there and a lot of great platforms and a lot of great products, but it really does still come down to who the people you are doing business with. Welcome to the Routine Project Podcast the one show that is hyper-focused on routines and routines only. The reason why is because I, your host, Justin Crawford, have found that routines are the secret to building and growing whatever it is we want out of this life. Nothing's off limits here as I'm going to get into the minds of today's leading entrepreneurs, authors, celebrities, athletes, and many more. And my only mission is for you to be inspired enough to take a little bit of the routines they have and get after building the ones that make the most sense for you. Thank you for tuning in wherever you're listening. Now let's get today's episode rolling. All right. Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of the Routine Project Podcast. If you clicked play when you could have chose any other one out there, thank you so much. Uh, We're here to help you grow and build routines in your life that matter most to you. So right now, today, I'm joined by Jordan Greenfield. He is the founder and CEO of Hubi. I'm going to tell you exactly what that is. It's the first invite-only it's the first link in bio only platform that has recently become so popular with talent such as Tom Brady, 50 Cent, Megan Trainer, Jeff Bezos, and the Boston Celtics. Good thing I get to read that intro in the actual intro. Uh, so anyway, as you can imagine, being a founder is not an easy job, especially when you leave a steady job in biotech to risk it all around building a product that is right in the intersection of what you love, which is tech and entertainment. So right now we're going to get into all of that with Jordan. So Jordan, thank you so much for joining me on the Routine Project podcast, man. Justin, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. We have like an hour ahead of us and I can't wait because we're going to get into Hubie, your finding of it. I mean, you were just telling me before we clicked play uh, that or record rather that this is like a family within the company. So I can only imagine the routines you've built around that. Uh, And again, this is the routine project. So I know that we're going to get into a lot of uh, what you've built personally and professionally. Before we do that, though, I'd love to begin this episode uh, with your choice as to leaving a full-time job in biotech. Uh, and then to pursue this now with what um, I would assume it's kind of like a dream come true. But uh, if we can start there, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I did out of out of my uh, my graduate program, I did jump into early stage biotech. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm originally from Boston. And because of all the incredible uh, medical institutions and all the universities based here in Boston, the early stage companies really tend to lean towards the biotech side. People love working in biotech here. And there's not a lot of consumer technology, not a lot of influencer marketing, um, not a lot of the creator economy, but it's always been something that's been very intriguing to me. Um, I, I think I'll give a shout out to a couple individuals, but there's a there's a gentleman who's a, a mentor of mine named Quarantine Vilmer, who's worked in the creator world for years that I met when I was still working in biotech, but he worked early on at a company called Shot Studio with like Lele Pons and Hannah Stockings and John Shahidi. Uh, and he was a big influence for me and, and sparked my interest a lot in the, in sort of the creator and, and celebrity world. And um, there's another individual named Joe Wagner, who's my CFO, who was early in sort of the uh, creator economy world when YouTubers like David Dobrik took off and, and all of mm-hmm. the early Viners. And, and so that also really sparked my interest as well. So it was really a couple of individuals that um, have been good to me throughout my entrepreneurial journey that were in that world, um, just through conversations with them that really sparked my interest in taking a deeper dive. Mm. And as we get into more about like the 
growth of Hubie. I'd love to even go back to that uh, as as to how these relationships kind of helped you. Because I feel like everybody says this like solopreneur entrepreneur journey is very much uh, kind kind of lonely, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. So we'll hit that a little later, my friend. Uh, but Jordan, when you think about um, I mean, Hubie, for it to be one of the first things that exist of its kind, right? Being the first invite-only LinkedIn bio experience for folks on a platform. Can you break that down to us as to like exactly what that was in its finding and discovery and then how it's kind of gotten people like Tom Brady and 50 Cent and all these other folks involved? Yeah, um, I think timing is is um, a huge component of this. For me, the initial days of launching Hoobie Pages, I had actually built something very similar to this a couple of years back. And, and once again, I think timing is a huge component of this. I think that during the pandemic, when there was an influx of content being distributed across social, everything was happening online, there was really a need for this sort of centralized location. And so when we first set out to build this in the, in the fall of 2020, it was me and a couple of my closest friends that I consider family living out in Vegas. Um, we began building out this concept. And at the time, our now full-time CTO, who's like a big brother to us, was the CTO at First Republic Bank, an $80 billion bank. And we were making him, I shouldn't say making him, we were encouraging him to, to help us build out this platform for free. We didn't have any, any capital at that point. And, and so we began building that out. And you had mentioned prior, you had asked, was I um, a user of Clubhouse when that was out? I think that mm -hmm. did have, um, uh, it did have some some um, some influence on, on what we built early on. I think what we really wanted to do and the reason we went with sort of the invite only model, there's a couple of reasons for it. From a branding standpoint, people want what they can't have. And I think we saw that firsthand with Clubhouse. And then the second and probably more important component of it was the focus. So if, if we really set out to build the best at the time, Lincoln bio platform for celebrities and creators that allowed us to focus on their needs instead of trying to build the best product for everyone. So that was a, a big piece of it as well in terms of um, why we decided to go that route. Mm. And if you're listening right now, we're going to go back to that because there's a lot of like, uh, maybe not, not necessarily tech lingo, but I think we can go deeper into Hubi as to like what exactly people would experience if they're invited to the platform, which again, we'll get to in the middle or end, uh, if not both of this episode. We got to break down your routines though. So I only imagine, right? You have a baby boy, your, your, your work family is really a family of what you've built, which I would love to hear more about because as someone who's you know, pretty much not just founded a company, but now you're serving in the CEO uh, seat for it. You're busy. We're yeah. all trying to be bu as busy as you, right? And trying to build build something that's as impactful as what you've built. And in order to do so, I am going to ask you now. I mean, when you first started discovering routines in a professional sense, especially having left, you know, your your other gig, and then to pursue this, and like you had said, some of you guys probably weren't even getting paid. If not all of you, probably were not getting mm -hmm. paid. So when yep. you think back to that time, and you're like, all right, what systems do I need? What routines do we really need to get in the habit of, you know, building? What, what was that discovery process like? And then ultimately, what do you feel like the routines were that you built? Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's a really good question. I, I, I mean, I, I think my routine, so I was an, I was an athlete um, growing up and I, I played, I was a, a college athlete at, at, at both undergrad and graduate school. And I think a lot of um, my findings about routines and the power of routines came from that, um, the discipline, the understanding that if you, you want to achieve a, a set goal, um, then you need to put measures in place on a, on a daily basis in order to reach those. And I think the cool things about routines is, is 
you're always learning more about them. And I, I think mm. routines set you, um, really give you like a baseline of, okay, I have set out with this goal in mind. And these are the steps, these are the routines I'm going to put in place in order to reach those goals. And as you go throughout your days, you can find what's working, what's not and adjust accordingly. Um, and I think that's the, the best part about it. I think that your routine, your, your routines in the earlier days. And I think like, and I can relate this to like when I was a freshman um, on a lacrosse team, as opposed to being like a captain and same type of thing when I'm, when I was building Hoobie and it was just a couple of us mm -hmm. and I didn't really need to lead a team. I think my routines were different. I think once you become a leader and you have others looking at you, you need to really define what those routines are and what the reasons are for those routines. Whereas when you're just set out on, on your individual path and, and you have a goal in mind, but there's not really stakeholders around you, you can really, I mean, you don't, you don't have to define those. You can just try and figure out on the fly what's really working for you. So when we started scaling and the team started scaling, that's really when I had to start defining these routines for our team. And um, obviously it's been a, a crazy year. I think once you, once you set those routines and then you have a baby boy, I think those routines get shifted a little bit, but then you have <laughs> to find becomes your routine. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's oh, always a work in, a work in progress. Yeah, we've come to discover that on this show. It's almost like every time I ask that question in a different way, our guests really realize, holy moly, this is a journey of having built routines. Uh, can yeah. you can you give us a sample though when you're thinking about the the structure of those routines at the very beginning to now? How have they evolved? And then what is you know what what's one specific one you can give us where you were like, all right, this team needs to be structured in this way around this routine, and you know most importantly, stick to it until it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I, I think a good example is like in, in this this um, I went through the growing pain pains of this, but like I am a yellow pad guy. Like I'm a big believer, and I love every day. And I, I should say the night before, I normally plan out my day. I'll do a mm. brain dump on 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 my my yellow pad of paper, and then I'll set say five goals that if I accomplish those five goals the next day, then it's a successful day for me. I think tr transitioning from okay. I now have my goals on the yellow pad of paper that nobody else on my team around the world can access or see what I'm working on to now having a team of, of 10 to 12 full-time people and a whole product team where now everybody across the, the, the whole corporation needs to know on a daily basis what people are working on, what people are responsible for. Mm -hmm. And so t transitioning my routine of, okay, I'm going to plan my day out on the yellow pad of paper. I'm going to wake up the next day. I'm going to set my five goals for that day. And I'm going to go through those and check those off my list to how do I take that routine and put that into a way that works for the, the, the entire team across the board. So for instance, on, on, on my team, we do have a daily kickoff every, every morning at 10 AM. I think wow. kickoffs are just as much a camaraderie thing as they are planning out the, the um, steps ahead for that day in order to, to, get closer to our goal. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have to plan ahead of time. So like for those kickoffs, that's not my kickoff for the day. I'm up a lot earlier than that. I'm, yeah. I'm game planning out what my expectations for all my team members are, um, on that, on, on a daily basis, what I need to get to them in order for them to be successful. Mm. And so once we get to that call, I mean, my, my hardest part of my day is already done once we get to that kickoff, because I've already had to go through all the work of getting ready in order to get everybody else on my team, what they need in order to be successful on that day. Mm. Jordan, you had said earlier that timing was everything. So I want to break that down now with regards to routines. As you start thinking about timelines, 
So in order to hit specific monthly, yearly, and you know, get it get it smaller too with the weekly and daily goals, as you had also mentioned, when you think about the timeline of those, do you have any routines that specifically get you to those goals? Besides the yellow pad, which I'm obsessed with because I use post-it notes, it's the same thing, the brain dumping method. Yeah. Um, in terms of in terms of getting to those goals, I I, I think that the the one thing, um, and I think I mentioned this prior in terms of routines that I think is so important is the consistency and the findings of it. Mm. Um, and, and, and so like everything we do, um, across the board as a team is like an iteration. So we have say, even, even if we look at just, um, from an email marketing standpoint that we have five emails that we know go out each week. And there's a goal with each of those emails that happens. Those consistently happen at the end of each week. We look at what we're doing on the, on the email front and we make tweaks. And now the routine moving forward for those emails and for the approach on that stuff is, is, is different in the following week, but it's all an iteration on the week prior's routine. Um, and so I think for us, it's a constant game of discussing openly across the team. And, and mm. I'm not someone that sets routines um, and says, this is the way it's going to be and, and don't take feedback. I think we're constantly talking about as a team, how we work most efficiently and what's working and what's not working. And then I think once we decide to move forward with something or a game plan, and I think we do like sprints. So for, like right now, we, we um, the last couple of weeks, we, we kicked off Q2. And we made a game plan for Q2 and mm. we, want to, we want to stick to that game plan. But we're already three weeks in and there's already been shifts made, but we're aligned on that because we're communicating our way through that. So um, I think it really is uh, an iterative process, not only personally, but on, a, on a, a group level or team level as well when you're talking about routines. Mm. I mean, before we even get to like being a dad and like those types of personal routines, I know you have as well. You, you also had just said, which I love is that, you know, before you even get to the 10 a.m. kickoff call, you've already accomplished the majority of what you would believe to be the hardest part of your day. How would you describe that morning heart, like the morning hard part of your day? How would you describe that? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I would love to say I'm, I'm still doing this, but obviously um, having a four month old baby boy has, has, um, gotten away of this a little bit just because the sleeping patterns, but I, there, there, there's nothing I love more than waking up at, at 6am and actually have gotten a, the, the appropriate amount of sleep. Because for me, like my hours six to nine before anyone can bug me. And especially when I'm on the East coast, when the West mm. coast are still sleeping, yeah. nobody from that, that side is, is, is bugging me yet. So I take that as an opportunity to fuel myself and, and get myself ready so that I can push the energy out to my team come, come 10 o'clock for that kickoff. Because if I don't have everything organized and aligned um, going into that call, then nobody's going to be able to press go when we need to at 10 o'clock in, in order to hit the ground running until 7, 7.30 when people check off. Um, so it's a lot about because constantly as a, as a, a CEO or a founder, Unfortunately, you have to, during the day, focus on some stuff that you don't want to be your, your primary focus, which is the bigger vision, your team members, what you guys need to get done in order to be successful. There's a lot of you know politics, there's, there's investors, there's legal matters that, need, that we need to get taken care of, all that type of stuff. Oh, yeah. um, so those hours are really getting me in a place um, where I have all of my emails for the day out of, uh, out of the way. 
from the, from the time that I have my kickoff until the time when we do our recap at the end, end of the day, there's no personal phone calls that are happening for me. There's no personal text conversations that are happening for me. I like to wipe that slate clean. I'm not somebody that, um, and, and I, I, I have issues sometimes with, with people in the personal life who, don't, who, who want me responding a lot quicker, but like, I'm not responding to text mm-hmm. messages in the, in the middle of the day if it's not directly related to work. And so I'm a guy that like will take, 15 minutes at the end of each day to go through and catch up because it's just the distractions. You, you can't have those. So I like to, I like to take care of all the housekeeping going into that meeting so that my entire focus for the day can be on my team and, and, and what I need to do to make them successful. Spoken like a true founder CEO. Hello. You just hit another nail on the head, which I, I, I would be so stupid not to ask you now that 15 minute period where you're going through your texts and your DMS, by the way, y'all Jordan followed me and I can like poop my pants. So like literally, I think I followed you a couple of weeks ago and I was like, gosh, this guy's so freaking cool. Um, but anyway, besides that, uh, cause I DM'd you, right. You're not going to get until I was like, I literally go, Jordan, I can't wait to interview. I said something about like, see you on the zoom call. I was yeah. being cheesy, but like, I really meant it. I will not see a red and a reply and a like on that message probably till later today in that 15 minute time period. Do you think 15 minutes is enough though to like, cause I love what you're saying. 15 minutes sounds like a routine get back to the personal life of texts and whatever to not have anything to do with business. Is that plenty of time? Yeah. I, I mean, and, and truthfully, like I'm a, I'm a big voice memo guys, these guy these days, yeah. because like the, the back and forth short texts for me, it, it's just such a huge, huge distraction. And, and somebody needs to talk to Tim cook because the fact that <laughs> I message doesn't have an unread yet. Yeah. Like does because like, I don't use the unread on Instagram so that people don't, see that I've seen that message. I use it so that I know that I need to go back and respond to that when I have the, the bandwidth to do so. And, and so like, and, and I drive my, my assistant Kayla insane sometimes, cause sometimes we'll jump on for like our 8am kickoff leading up to, to, to start a day where like, it's just me and her getting on the same page and she'll sit here on video chat with me where I take those 10, 15 minutes to get, to get back to some of those stuff, but I'll just go back to like, the, the start of day um, for me today, even because I was traveling throughout the weekend, I had to go back to like last Thursday and I started my message and I'm like, I just scroll through to make sure because I, I, I miss these things often. And like the amount of times two weeks down the road, I'll be like, holy shit, I forgot to text Justin back. <laughs> Like, and it just like pops into my, it I'll pops be into here my two head weeks or whatever, later, Jordan, just for, wait for, for whatever, for whatever reason. Um, and, and, and so, yes, I do. I do think it 15 minutes is enough, but I do think that people need to, if you really want to focus, regardless on what you're building, what your goals are, all that stuff, you need to set aside time for windows during your day for those types of things, because like the back and forth all, all day long. And I, I've tried to, and it's a, it, there's, there's a happy medium because like you, you can't make yourself accessible to everyone because I will all sit here and you'll sit there all day responding to people trying to um, provide value for them or, or please right, them, whatever, right. whatever the request may be. Um, so there, there's definitely got to be a, a mix of, of this is my time to focus on, on what I'm building here and I'll set aside this time for responding to the other stuff. Shoot. If you're tuning in and you even think you want to build a company or if you have built a company and you want to scale it and grow it and get more excited about it, this conversation is for you. Not for who, but for you, right? Who be get it? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I love that it. was a terrible. No, I love oh, it. He loved it. Oh my God, y'all. No. All right. So I got a follow and, and, from and, Jordan and he loves my little stupid jokes. Yeah. And I'll say like, I'll, I'll add on to that as well. There's a, um, a, a very, um, 
incredible entrepreneur based out of Boston originally. And now, now lives out in LA. Wayne Chang's his name, but he was one of the early, he had a company that he built called Crashalytics, uh, built at UMass Amherst and he sold to Twitter. And he's, a, he's been a huge, huge, huge angel investor, but really smart guy. And I sent an, a, him an email probably three months ago to give him an update on Hubi and see if he wanted to invest in Hubi. And he had an automatic email and I loved it. Mm. And it said, heads down building digits for the next six months. Thank you in advance. Thank you in advance for your patience or whatever it was. And wow. I was like, that is, I mean, that's powerful. Like mm. he is, he is setting aside everything to take a six month period to just focus on what he's building. Mm-hmm. And that level of, if you can actually have a discipline in that level of focus where, where you are blocking out everything and you really put on those horse blinders mm-hmm. that, that that's where magic happens in my opinion. And, um, yeah. And that's why I was I was so thrilled about the opportunity to build this with my with my my quote unquote family during the pandemic because we didn't take that as an excuse to not work. We took that as an excuse to to get rid of every possible distraction and mm. just focus on what was going on in that house. Discipline and focus, eye on the prize, uh, yeah. limited distractions, and then fifteen minute roundups of texts from two weeks ago, dude. This is everything. <laughs> I want to ask you about your assistant in a moment because I had mentioned if you're tuning in and you love Jordan like I love Jordan, it's probably because you know he's uh, building something super extraordinary. And and if you really think about it, that shit's hard and it takes discipline and focus like you just said. So I want to ask you about your assistant in a moment. But before that, uh, I was going to try to recap now about what you were saying with with regard to uh, being in a pandemic and like, you know, taking all the pretty much like distractions and wiping them away. Where do you feel like Hubi is now with your team as you think about distractions? Do you feel like the team is still just as focused as you all were back in the pandemic? And if not, why? It's a really good question. Um, I think we are as focused because I, th- I think when, you, when you're building, when we were building this early on, we didn't know that people like Tom Brady and, and Jeff Bezos and, um, and 50 and Jay Balvin, like these people were going to use the platform and, 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 and that we were going to impact people in the way we have with what we were building. Um, and, and, and so I think that as we have continued to go through the grind that has put in fuel back in, in, into our, um, in, into our tanks here across the, across the team. I think at the same time, when you have, like people like that using the platform and we do get invited to cool things now and we have opportunities. I think it's always like, we always have to constantly check in and be honest with ourselves as a team. Like what is important? Like Mm. Jordan, is it, is it important for you to go to Vegas this weekend to have dinner with your investor, Blake Wynn and to to sit down with um, uh, Alesso and, and to um, sit down with these other people in the business world that you think can impact your business long-term or those two days better suited with you behind your computer, working with the team on the product and the magazine rollout, a new feature launch that we have coming up in two weeks. So like, Mm. what is the, what is the balance and what's noise and what's actually, where is there actually real substance and, and real value that we should be focusing on? Mm. So I've been really, really proud of my team that I think they've handled it all because the oldest member of my team is the, the gentleman, Nick Perello, I just told you about our CTO. He's 32 years old. Everybody else on our team's um, pretty much in, the, in, 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 their, in their 20s. And mm. so I, I think they've handled um, 
what has transpired over the last year incredibly well. And I like to think we're as focused now as ever. That makes me so happy because it sounds like focus is the big thing that you probably even talked about at the dinner table in Vegas with people that you are investing long-term in. Uh, Another thought I want to go back to uh, after we talk about your assistant now uh, is the fact that when you're networking and you're planning for long-term investments in people and you have to spend money on a freaking Vegas dinner and the flight, why would that be? We're going to get back to that in a moment. Um, We might've rolled into a commercial by now. So if you're back, thank you for clicking play. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan, an assistant from what I've heard from a lot of founders, correct me if I'm wrong. An assistant should be your very first hire. So this is a two-part question. Was your assistant Kayla, you said? Kayla. Kayla. Was Kayla your first hire? Why or why not? And then second to that, what do you feel like are the strongest routines you and your assistant have besides the 8 a.m. call you'd mentioned earlier in this show that you are so grateful for that you even made Kayla a part of this family? Yeah. So outside of the original family, so I'm talking like before there was HR, before there was paperwork for anyone, like any of that, Kayla was the first, the first hire. And I, um, we had just raised money. We just, we just got the investment from Shane McMahon and Ideonomics um, in the spring of last year. And I put up an Instagram story saying, I need someone to organize my life. And I got a response from, from Kayla asking for my email and Kayla sent me an email not saying, because I get a lot of emails these days about, would you be willing to mentor me? I would love to, to, to work for Hubi. But Kayla specifically broke down, this is what I can provide for you. And this is why you need me in your life. And for me, that was like hired right away. And I, I, it was actually funny because the family was in the house in Vegas. And we got this email from this, this, this quote unquote new family member we were thinking about bringing in. And one of the housemates read it out loud and we were all on the same page with it, with, with it immediately. Um, because for me, somebody that comes to you and says, Hey, can you mentor me? Or, Hey, can I work for Hubie? Sure. Work for Hubie doing work for Hubie doing what? Like, mm. what, what are you going to, what are you going to do for us? Why, why should we hire you to Hubie? And I actually got a text message um, earlier today um, that I actually took the time to respond to with one word. And it was from a dear friend, <laughs> Just one very, word. <laughs> very entrepreneurial. And he said, what should I look for out of a PA? And I said, in all capitals, trust, because for me, if you have a personal assistant that doesn't have your finances, doesn't have your passwords to everything, doesn't have access to every single person, every single relationship you have, it's not going to be helpful. If you're beating around the bush with an assistant, putting yellow tape around some stuff you can't touch and other stuff and hiding some information, all that, that doesn't work uh, efficiently. So for me, an assistant is somebody that is an extension of yourself and needs access to everything in order to do their job properly. And that includes like finance and everything, passwords and everything. 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 Kay- Kayla knows more about me than I know about me. That's and she's amazing. been with me for, she just celebrated one year. Well, I'm glad I asked the question at the one year mark. The, the other thing I was going to follow up with about Kayla now with you uh, what are the strongest routines the two of you have in place together now that you've kind of seen it out for a year? The strongest routines we have together. I mean, we, we have, we have several standing check-ins on a, on a daily basis. She's normally here, um, working right next to me every day. Um, I love our recap time at the end of the day, because for me, Kayla provides me, um, 
a safe place to, to just vet, like vent everything about what was successful that day, what I didn't think was successful and how we can take like tangible steps towards getting back on track the following day. If there, if there were any inefficiencies at the end of each day, the start of my planning for the next day is, is, is with Kayla. So that could be depending on the day at 6.30 all the way up until 10.30, depending on if I had calls that were running late with the West Coast. And that really, until I get off that call, like I can't freaking, I'll be staring at the ceiling all night long <laughs> until I have that call and I have a step-by-step plan with Kayla um, the following day. But I think for, for me, um, the biggest thing with Kayla, like I said before, is she's really become an extension of me as like a, a person. Like my relationships with everybody I do with business, every text I'm in with anybody is Kayla's included in that. Like if, if you want to, if, if, if you're going to get the timely response outside of the personal life, it's, it's, it's me, me, Kayla, and whoever the, the other party is. And so it, for us, it's, it's all about communication. We're on it all day together. She responds to emails in my voice before I even see the email pop into my inbox. And there are certain, I mean, that's, that's mostly for the, 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 for, for like not an investor or mine or a direct business partner, but yeah. if somebody, if there, if there's inbound from an agency looking for pages that is responded to by Kayla before I can even think to jump in there. I love talking emails on this podcast. Before we go back to what I was talking about earlier, sorry, what you were talking about that I wanted to follow up with, which is this Vegas dinner, which to me, there's a bigger picture in that. Uh, (laughs) Emails on this particular show have just excited the shit out of me because I feel like everybody's inboxes look different, how they routinely organize things. Like We can go into that or we can go into the fact that you just mentioned she talks like you in an email. So if I say, hey, Jordan, uh, you know, like we, is there any time I can set up a meeting with you and, and on Thursday to talk about this thing? Can I get 15 minutes? How would Kayla then respond in your voice? I feel like it's casual, but I just wanted to give you the space to say something. <laughs> Having somebody- known that I interviewed you, I guess, right? Yeah. Like if it's someone that you quote unquote do business with, but we had like a pre-existing relationship, how would she respond on your behalf? Respond on my behalf. If it was you, if it was you, it was a pre-existing relationship. She she would respond for mine, but she would she would sign off on on her name. If it was somebody that was if it was somebody that was reaching out cold. Oh yeah, Kayla Kayla knows Kayla knows not to throw something on my on my on my calendar until we, until we chat about that. Um, so she would she would normally check me on that. But in, in regards to my voice, I'm trying to think of a um, of a of a good example here. Um, who's reached out recently, you know, let me, let me come back to an example. I'll think, I'll, I'll think of a clear oh, yeah. example. And when it you. pops up, the best part of podcasting is there's no strict run of show. You just tell me what it is when you hear it in your uh-huh. head. So in the meantime, so networking and long-term planning, I feel like is something that people don't think a routine would be built around. I just have a feeling in my heart and gut that this is something you have a routine around. So I want to ask you when you were planning, you know, in terms of like going to Vegas and doing these certain things, and trying to like build network relationships. And you know, like you had said, some of these people you're having dinner with aren't necessarily activating business with you right now, but maybe somewhat maybe in the future they might. And so when you think through the routine around making sure that those types of meetings do happen throughout the year, by the quarter, by the month, by the week, is there like any type of system in place there for you? Yeah. And you definitely have to. So this is where it gets tricky for me because our business would not be 
the success we've had in the last year was completely a result of me doing work for, for free and investing in a lot of relationships the three or four years leading up to this. And so I am the biggest believer that if I, if I try and provide value and I can give you a million examples, but of these, these upper echelon people that four or five years ago, I had no business sitting around the same table as, um, and I figure out a way to provide value for an Ed Kane or for a Pauly D or for a 50 cent. And that doesn't come full circle, um, mm. for, for several, several years investing in those relationships. I'm, I've always been a big believer that if one of those comes full circle, two, three, four years down the road, which we've seen, then it, mm. it can pay off for all of those investments you made in, into those individuals. So for me, I got, and I don't want to say I, I got lucky. I invested in relationships for, like I said, three, four years leading up to this, where I was doing everything in my power to show that I could provide value without asking for anything in return. And that's one of my biggest beliefs is I always want to provide value first. And I never, and, and I, I, I've gotten some pushback from my team members, but one of my, my biggest philosophies is like, never feel like you owe anyone anything. And I think that's got me, um, that's got me a long way because it, it, it really does play hand in hand with this idea of always wanting to provide value first. Like I never, you'll never find me hitting somebody up and asking for something out of the gate. And um, I think too, that's why I've been able to build relationships with, with some of these bigger names is because like, I'm never looking for a quick photo or a quick favor or a quick backstage ticket. It's like, if that happens 18 months down the road or two years down the road, great. But up until that point, I'm going to do everything I can to show you that I'm in this for the long haul and that I want to do everything I can to provide value for you. Where it does get tricky now is coming back to the focus component. So I've done a lot of my networking over the years. I've built a lot of these relationships. Now, what is fluff and what is actual value? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, I struggle with this all the time. Um, I, I still am a big believer um, in the idea that people do business with people at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, and there's going to be a lot of great technologies out there and a lot of great platforms and a lot of great products, but it really does still come down to who the people you are doing business with. So I, I think that is at the core of all businesses. It's my job as a CEO to continue building those relationships. But I, I do have to say no more often now um, than I, than I did, did have to a couple of years ago. Mm. Aren't y'all glad I asked that? Jordan, <laughs> yeah. Would you, let's get into morning and night routines. And I've yet to ask it in this way, but when you wake up and when you go to bed, which would you say if of the two, and I kind of, which would you say yeah, of the two are, is more important? And then how would you then describe that routine to us? morning or night? And then ultimately, what do you do in the morning or night? Yeah. Very interesting. For me, I would say the night routine is, is, is more powerful because I have entrepreneurial syndrome where I can just not shut the mind off. And so if I don't properly go through my, my, my night routine and 
um, for a long time before the baby boy, like I needed 30 mm. minutes to 45 minutes of cardio, um, to, 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 to sweat all of it out from the day. I, I know that if I, if I don't get that in, then I'm not going to get my, my six or seven hours sleep that I need to, in order to be effective for the following day. And then mm. it all comes down to the game plan, like for the, for the following day, if I'm not, I cannot go to bed until I know that that, that game plan is ready to go as crazy as this sounds. I, I do spend, um, probably about 45 minutes to an hour a night. Um, and I get yelled at all the time to come to bed where <sighs> it's, 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 it's no electronics. It's no email. It's no computer. It's me and my yellow pad. And it's just up here. And that's like my reflection time. And, and I want to get back into yoga. I used to do it for years, but like for me, although I'm, I'm cleaning up all of the noise and all of the information in my head and getting that out on paper and organizing that for me, that is really like my, my, my yoga, because that allows mm. me like a reset of, okay, this is, this is, this is ground zero here. And now we go from here. And like, that is one of the most, um, that that's the most important part of my day because it, it's, there's so much noise and so much fires being put out on a day-to-day basis that when I have that hour to, to, to really just recap and me, my thoughts, long-term vision, short-term planning, that's, um, that, that, that's where I think I get the most value out of my, my, my day-to-day. Mm, that's really interesting. I feel like it would have been morning for you where in the three hour time period between six and six and oh, it's four, really six and 10. Yeah. The, the, the thing is the, re- the only reason I, I, I said night is because if I, if I don't do that effectively at nighttime, I'm not going to be off up at six with like, okay, this is all organized and ready to go. And I can hit the ground running. Like I said, there is some planning that still goes in, in the morning, but when right. I hit the computer in the, in, in the morning and I'm up at, at 6am, normally if the planning goes well, I'm, I'm off and running. Off and running from ground zero with Kayla. Yeah, that's something. exactly. That's Jordan's exactly. life. All right. That's the end of the pot. And no, I'm just kidding. All right. So <laughs> I had read once upon a time when I had got your bio uh, that your focus is always on going forward. And I think that's something really important to talk about uh, in, in which I'm sure there's been some type of routine as, as a forward thinker and doer. Can you, can you talk about that with us for a little bit? Just, just how like routines in general have really allowed you to be that forward thinker and doer. So, and for instance, when you think, uh, you know, if, if a focused thought comes to mind, it's like, all right, well, this thing needs to happen right on your yellow pad at night. And uh, what kind of systems and routines are you then thinking of to make sure that comes to life, that thought right from yellow paper to real life? What, what would that, what, how would you describe that? <laughs> I'm listening, I'm listening to you ask this question. I've got my, uh, my four month year old baby boy crying, crying in the other room. Over here. So, that, <laughs> so that, so that, so, so that's part of it too. In terms of taking it, and and I think your question is taking that and and, and putting it to action, right? Mm-hmm. So really, eye on the prize moving forward. I think that we really have it's it's easy in the startup game. Like I'm not going to sit here and say like we don't get excited when Tom Brady as a Boston boy when Tom Brady joins the platform that. Um, that's not exciting for us as a team or when do with a sign joins the platform, the boss itself is like, yes, that's very exciting for us on an emotional level. What I've had to make very clear and what my team has really got aligned on over the last year is not creating these fake metrics for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so what that means is that like, 
yes, Tom Brady from brand standpoint is great to have on the platform, but we need to continue going to work because we need a collection of, of, of these people and we need to continue our eye on the prize in order to get 100 or 150 um, Tom Brady's mm-hmm. on the platform. So for us, in terms of moving forward, when you're a startup, you need hockey stick growth. And so that means you need exponential growth on a day-to-day basis. So when you're saying I did this today, you need 10x that tomorrow. And so how do, how how do you get how, how do you get to that place? Mm-hmm. And um, and so I, I I think being very metric based, I think being very honest and transparent with with yourself and with your team about what your goals are, um, and 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 de- defining those and 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 staying staying true to those. Um, I hope I'm not dancing around your question too much here, but I think this is, I think hey, this us- is your episode. You keep dancing around as much as you want while I fix this microphone. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I actually got, I got one of those snazzy things. I got to get, I, I got to get one did. going. At some me? Point. This is amazing. <laughs> well, this could have been the perfect time. Here's what we'll do. We'll do like a tech run before your next interview. Uh, and we'll get it and we'll get it together together uh, with you. But to exactly what you were saying, man, you weren't dancing around it at all. I feel like that's such an important part to remember of, 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 not one-upping yourself and your team, but like being like, this is the focus. This is how we move things forward. And based on your experiences, I'm sure that's what you're thinking about all the time. It's like, well, this didn't work last time. This did work. We're going to go in the direction that worked. And we're going to, like you had said, 10 exit. Uh, That's so freaking cool. And I love hearing all this. You, and I'm sure if you're listening, you heard this at least 10 times. Jordan, you have a family. You don't have a team. You have a family. So before I get to my last question uh, with you today, uh, can you just describe the dynamic of the team a little bit more and how you as a founder CEO really wanted to, and were able to build that family dynamic, uh, you know, over at Hubie? Yeah, I, um, so I think it, it, it all started with the core. So I, I, I founded Hubie and, and shortly after was joined by one of my closest friends in the world, Cassin Ward, who was who our CMO. Um, and I think by the nature of the way we built who be like when we when we started building this in the fall of 2020 we weren't building we weren't building who be pages to like be this huge company we were building it because we thought it was freaking cool we we knew that our users or our ultimate members needed this tool we knew there was a space for it in the world and we only wanted to align ourselves with people that felt that felt the same about it and i think that um i've always operated my businesses because like if, if you're going, if all you're going to be doing all day long is working, right? My, my life is work right now. My, my best friends are my coworkers. They're my freaking uh, aunts and uncles of, of, of my, of my baby boy. Cool. Like these, these are my people. And so if I'm going to go into battle and I'm going to be spending 60, 70 hours a week working with the, these people and communicating with like, there's no other way I would rather have it than, than, than having it be a family. And I think this all stems back to my, my roots of being an athlete. I think that I always looked at my team as, as, um, as a family. And I think that like being a family means that you need to, like, I, I need to, to, to sit back and I need to understand like what makes all my team members tick and like what gets them excited. Like everybody is completely different on my team. The personalities are completely different. And so I think a lot of my job too is, is policing those personalities, not policing those personalities, but empowering those personalities to be the best they can and, and allowing them to, to fit into the, um, the, the, the proper roles. Um, but I, I just, I, I, I think that the, the, the idea of a, of a team has always 
been such a big, big part of my life. And um, like I said, all we do these days, it feels like is work. And, and so we want to surround ourselves with people that have similar passions, similar goals, and ultimately want to be aligned on, on a similar mission. And I think that's what we've done at Hubie. And I think everybody that we added to the team, we never hire people overnight. The one exception may be Kayla, but even her, she got a three-month consulting contract to start off because it's not, it's not for everyone. Like not everybody wants to go out if they're going to go out on a Saturday night, wants to go out with the people that they just did 60 hours of work with. Yeah. But y'all do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's because we knew, we, we knew what we were getting into going into it and we're all so incredibly passionate about it that we don't want to talk about other stuff on a Saturday night other than what we're building. Like that's what we want. That's what we want to talk about. Um, And we just, we, we truthfully, and it's the, it's the biggest compliment ever. And I said, I said the family thing because Blake Wynn, who's one of our investors, said that, said something on social recently where Hubie is not a team, they're, they're a family. And that, that's like the biggest compliment in the world to me because that it wasn't by design um, really, but it ended up molding into that because we just, we care about what we're building and we care about who we're building it with. And that's like the first and foremost at Hubie. Mm. You're, I, I'm, I'm trying to like wrap my head around words that I want to say out loud. And I'm like, wow, I'm just inspired. So we're going to move on. If you're listening, I hope you've learned a lot from Jordan, especially if you're starting or thinking about starting a business. I think this is such an incredible way to lean into what he's talking about, uh, not only from from Kayla to the team itself, but what you guys have in place in terms of routines and systems, I think is is very admirable. And I'm very excited to see where Hubie goes from here. Uh, before we start plugging everything, I'm really excited to uh, talk to you guys about in terms of the description and what we're going to end up linking for this Boston-based startup uh, and, and all the things that you guys are elevating. I have one final question, Jordan Greenfield. So we've talked a lot, right? And I've asked a lot of freaking questions. You're probably like, didn't even know what you signed up for getting into the Zoom room. But blast. to um, hashtag blast, if you mean that, I, that's the biggest compliment I could ever ask for. Because what I hope is that I said I had a blast, but I'm hashtag. Oh, my God. Well. I thought you said hi. That was I'm blessed. <laughs> OK, well, listen, you you had a blast and your hashtag blessed. Jordan, so we've talked a lot. You've you've unraveled a lot. So thank you for it. Um, this one's a little bit more personal for you. But when you think of a routine, you still have yet to create. Sounds like you've created a monster, uh, a great monster, a family monster with with Hubie. If there's a routine you have still yet to create and and build for your life personally, what would that be? Yeah, um, this is my biggest my biggest struggle right now. Is I am, um, and I think it's not talked about nearly. Um, as much as it should be, but like the obsession that entrepreneurs have with their craft and what they're building. And I think like the turnoff switch for me is something that I still need to find, um, especially having a four month year old baby boy, because I think like if you, if you, if you, if you take the athlete example, like to Tom Brady, when, when, when he loses a tough game and he goes home, his kids don't care that he lost a tough game. Like he needs to walk in the door with a smile on his face. And he needs to be the dad now. And so I think for me, finding a little bit of the off switch um, in terms of routines. I think all of the future routines I, I want and, and family time and sun time falls right into this is, is all surrounding health. Um, I think that um, we can drain ourselves. We can get lost in this, this cycle of this entrepreneurial journey and say, hey, when we get this place in six months, I'll start doing 30 minutes of cardio again, or I'll start making sure I'm, I'm hydrating properly on a daily basis instead of just blacking out and work and, and forgetting the little things like taking a, a freaking sip of water. And so 
I do want to get a little bit back to finding, um, even if it's an hour a day where it's, it's not because I just said I have an hour of reflection a day. That's my work reflection, an hour a day where I can just, just, just shut it off for a second and, and go back to, to being, um, uh, uh, Jordan, the dad and, and, and Jordan, the future husband and, and all of those things. But she, she, she knew what she was getting into. She knew who she was falling in, in love with from day one. And, and, and it hasn't, hasn't changed, but I think just, just getting a little bit of that space where it's um, I can shut it off for just a quick second. And, and it, from listening to that, it sounds like the family and now the baby boy are almost a component of what will then build that maybe yeah. intentionally, maybe not. Uh, and you guys will have to keep following Jordan to find out. So we're really excited. Uh, thank you for coming on the Routine Project podcast, man. And to anybody who clicked play, you could have chose a cabillion other options out there. So if you did click play, I just want to thank you. Uh, and I want to direct you to that little description. See more below. If you tap it, you're going to see links to Jordan's social. You're going to see links to the Hoobie stuff, especially you said it was invite only. So essentially, there, I'm sure there's instructions on how to get into that world if there's of interest yeah. for folks uh, and everything else that he's up to. Speaking of... If you don't mind to tee us off as we start closing out this podcast, I'm sure these routiners, anybody who's tuned in is really interested to hear uh, what's, what's to come with Hubie, where you guys want to go with the rest of this year. Yeah, it, it's a really exciting 90 days we have ahead of us here. Um, I think there are a lot of people that see um, this word Lincoln bio. That's a very crowded space right now. There's Linktree, there's beacons. There's plenty of those competitors out there. All of those guys the way they see the future of the world is they, they are at the end of the day, re website replacers. They're competing with Wix. They're co competing with personal website builders. It's going to become very clear in the next 90 days, how we see the world differently, what our contrarian views are and, and why they're ultimately right. Um, so we're really excited about what we're rolling out um, first in the form of magazines that you'll see in about six weeks here. We're, we're, um, we're bringing back a little nostalgic feel with some digital magazines with, with some paywalls on those that will be very, very interesting. We have a bunch of great partners that we're launching those with. Um, and we believe, I mean, there were people in 2014, 2015 that thought the quote unquote war on social was over. Um, I think we are still <laughs> in the, yeah, I think we're in the infancy and, and, um, and uh, Hubi has a lot of really, really exciting plans uh, uh, in, in, in the future months here. I think one little sneak peek would be uh, we have been a platform, platform to sort of centralize everything you're doing across the web to drive your audience to to show the most important things to you in the moment. There will be a component of, of, of Hubi will, where there will be content that's actually created that's native to Hubi as well. And we're really, really excited to see that through. So uh, exciting couple months ahead. And I can't wait to see how many yellow pads have been written out at that last one hour of Jordan's night, uh, right before he rocks the baby boy to sleep. Uh, speaking of rock rocking the baby boy to sleep, oh my God, here are the pads if you're tuning in uh, to the social content. What I'm going to do is really pull this from Zoom and throw it on Instagram. This is amazing. Look how many pads he has. I hope you guys really learned it. Listen, if you're not going to go right uh, you know, on your pads tonight for that last hour before you go to bed, I just hope you're able to take something from Jordan's amazingly again, uh, admirable lifestyle, both professionally and personally and do something with it for yourself. So if you click play again, thank you so much. And Jordan, thank you for saying yes to coming on this podcast, man. Thank you, Justin. It was a pleasure.
Hey, routiners. Thanks for listening to the Routine Project podcast today. Now, this show is only going to grow because of you, amazing people who continue to take a step in the right direction in building or growing those routines that matter most to you. Hang out with me all season long by clicking that subscribe button on whatever platform you clicked play on. And when you come back for more episodes, your thoughts matter just as much as mine. So if you'd click that rating and review section to let me know what you love and what you learned from today's conversation, I would really appreciate it. Until I get that next episode to you, my name is Justin Crawford, and this is the Routine Project Podcast.